Fox 98.9 WCLZ. We're in Studio Z today with Rhett Miller. Rhett, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. I'm so happy to be here. And uh, sorry I told such an awkward story with an infant getting That's okay. suckled. I it. would have it n- <laughs> no other way when you're here. I have to ask, though, with the Holiday album, you guys, you'd be pretty low on the list of bands that I would think that would put out a Holiday album. Let me put it that way. What was that conversation like with the band? Well, first of all, this year marks the 25th anniversary of the old 97s. How crazy is that? But I really, I, I kind of feel like it takes about that long before you are allowed to put out a holiday record, <laughs> at least without it just seeming like a straight-up cash grab or something like that. Um, for me, it felt like a songwriting challenge, and it was last January we were doing a gig in Boston, and we had all just survived you know, two months of listening to holiday music, and, and finally it was over, and it was January 4th, and we were backstage, and I said to the guys, you know, I don't think we're going to get a chance to go in and make a proper studio album in 2018. What if we did a Christmas album or holiday album? And um, and they were like, oh, man, I don't know. You know, very ornery about it, which is their normal go-to, you know, <laughs> attitude. And um, But I said, I think I would like to try to write holiday songs. I had a couple in the bank, I that, that one that I just sang for you. And then I re- released one as a solo duet with this girl, Sydney Wazer. Um so I said, let me try and write some songs. And they were like, no, first of all, if we're going to do a holiday record, it needs to be Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman, Jingle. But, you know, nobody wants to hear your holiday songs. So all I heard was a challenge, right? So then I had to try and write holiday songs that were good enough to change their mind. And it was super fun for me because now I've got, you know, 12 albums with the 97s and eight, eight solo records and like literally a thousand songs. So I thought this is a whole new challenge. And, and it was really fun. Uh, the fun thing for me was realizing that I was just writing songs that I liked, regular songs that happened to take place in the winter or in around Christmas. It wasn't like I was thematically approaching them, except for a couple, like Gotta Love Being a Kid. That's a straight up like meditation on the excitement of Christmas morning. And we're with Rhett Miller in studio. You're so excited all the time, by the way, it seems like. <laughs> I don't even think it's just a Christmas morning type thing. But with the new solo record, The Messenger in particular, that, that title, where does that come from? Um, well, it's funny. I just realized that as I went from a Christmas song to a solo record song, that these records are really different. They came out a week apart, and one one's a sort of a dark, like real kind of intensely propulsive, you know, personal album, and the other is this really sort of universal holiday record. So, um, the messenger, ti- the title is taken from the bridge of a song called Human Condition um, off of the solo record, The Messenger. And in the bridge, the the narrator, because I always hide behind the idea that the songs are being sung by some third party, um, the narrator sings, don't get mad at me, I'm just the messenger. And as you talk about a third party, I mean, it's a there's some really personal stuff on this record. Yeah, yeah, I let myself go there. And again, you know, after 25 years, because I've really always believed that it's better to make the songs universal, don't sing about yourself. Um, in a song a couple of records back, I said, um, uh, I, I, I don't like songs that get self-referential, right? Because... Um, if I feel like if you start singing too much, if it, if it sounds like a diary entry, then it's going to turn people off because it's going to feel like, you know, th- there's already so much navel gazing that goes on in this job anyway. Um, but on this record, I went full navel. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's basically when I was 14 years old, 
I, you know, like a lot of adolescent kids, I had a um, a real uh, a sort of deep depression. Uh, I had a suicide attempt, and these are things that I, you know, had not brought up. Like I never wanted to feel like I was trying to dine out on, the, you know, the the dark periods in my life. But now I myself, you know, had a 14-year-old when I was writing these songs on this record. And um, my son was 14, my daughter was 11, 12, and I just thought, you know what, if I'm ever going to address this and, and, and let it be like maybe a useful thing, I should do it now. And so I wrote a bunch of songs where I kind of thought about the place that I was in. I sort of spoke to myself as a 14-year-old and sort of tried to remember what it was like to be in that place. And it was... I mean, it felt really good. You know, I feel like that sounds like the record's going to be really horrible and depressing. And um, I was lucky enough to find a producer and a rhythm section that made it this really groovy thing. And if you dig deep, you know, you can find some some darkness inside of it. But really what I, what I found in writing the songs and recording them was the was sort of just the joy of survival, if anything. With Brett Miller talking about this new solo record and you put out a piece, I think it was earlier this year, a written piece about how much life has really changed, about being on the road, what it used to be like, and how you're FaceTiming your kids now when you're <laughs> on the road and not doing some other things. Yeah, yeah. Down. <laughs> what has it? What was it like writing that piece and reflecting? Yeah, it's funny, that piece even was, it was, I first wrote that for the Hartford Current a few years ago, and then I'd written something else and they they re-released that and I hadn't read it in a few years and it and it really holds up um the idea was the the moving sidewalk is the analogy that I always think of is when you're on tour it's this one life that's really crazy and then um and you get off tour and it's like stepping off a moving sidewalk and you're sort of uncertain on your feet and it's very different it's the transitions that are really hard and um, you know, when I was when I was someone that always had handlers and someone that, you know, was in the back lounge of a tour bus just waiting for my, you know, my my tour manager to come back and say, it's time for you. And, you know, and I'd go out and maybe there's a room with a star on the door or whatever. And then you have kids and it's just like oh, nobody, nobody thinks you're special at all. <laughs> just like you're changing diapers and buying food for, you know, and um yeah, it's very different, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. Nobody needs to think that they're that great. And there was a funny story that you started telling on Twitter the other day about a question that I think your daughter had asked you. You were in the car with your kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, I was driving my kids home from school, and my my 12-year-old daughter said, Dad, did you ever do marijuana? <laughs> and my 14-year-old son, who listens to a lot of rap music and is pretty just, you know... Uh, in the know about all this stuff. Max goes, uh, Soleil, dad's been in a rock band since he was 15 years old. I'm pretty sure he's done marijuana. <laughs> like, you know what, can we talk about this later, guys? <laughs> With Rhett Miller in Studio Z, the last thing I want to ask you about is the Grammy nominations came out last week, yeah. and Brandi Carlisle got a ton of nominations. You guys worked with her on the last old 97's record. I just thought it was the coolest thing that she was the voice of God for that that yeah. song. What was it like working with her and, and coming together with that idea? I was so proud of Brandy this week when it came out. And how cool is it? And that new record, 
is so beautiful. And Shooter Jennings, our friend, helped produce that record. And her song, The Joke, on that record is just this. I remember when she finished it, um, Shooter sent me a text. He's like, Brandy just wrote this song. It was like a last minute addition to her record, by the way, I forgive you. And Shooter sent me a text with a, with a little MP3 file. He's like, don't tell anyone I gave you this. But Brandy just wrote the best David Bowie song, you know, since. <laughs> Um, and so, and her, yeah, her song, The Joke, is so beautiful. But I, I was a fan of hers since we did a Johnny Cash tribute in Austin a few years ago. And I did my song, and I thought, man, I killed it. Nobody's going to outdo me. And then Brandy came up, and she did Folsom Prison Blues. And Brandy's got this voice that's freaking gigantic. And she filled up this, you know, 5,000-seat room in Austin, Texas, with just this voice. And... Um, and I had just met one of my heroes on the side of the stage, Chris Christopherson. And so we're standing there on the side of the stage, and I'm, I'm being all, you know, I can't, you know, telling him the great lyrics he wrote. Like he needs me to just like catalog all his great lyrics. And then, uh, and all of a sudden, he and I are both sort of transfixed, and we do these ninety degree turns, and we stand there for three minutes watching this dynamo just blow the room up, and. Um, and afterwards, we shared this moment of looking at each other, going like, "Yeah, she's gonna be big," and um, and sure enough. And so when I was in Salt Lake City at the end of a long tour, and I was coming up with the first verse of that song, "Good with God," and I got to the chorus, and I realized, "Oh no, the the character of God is gonna appear in this song, and she's a woman, and I can't like far be it for me to put." You know, words in the mouth of a female character, much less a female god. So I thought I really need a collaborator for this, and um, and my mind went straight to Brandy and that giant voice of hers. And it was only after I'd reached out to her and she agreed to you know to write the song with me and to play the part of God in the song that I found out that Brandy is like a really spiritual person. You know, she's on record as being you know, very kind of like strong in her beliefs. And so it was like double validation because I was getting a woman to write the part of the female God and also someone that wasn't, you know, cynical and conflicted like me, for instance, <laughs> you know, somebody that really had strong beliefs. And she brought a lot to that song. And one of the main things she brought to it was that she wanted the character of the initial narrator in the song, the guy, she wanted him to have to reckon with his sins instead of getting away scot-free, which I was grateful for. It made it a lot deeper of a song. We're with Rhett Miller in Studio Z, new holiday album out with Old 97s, The Messenger, the new solo album out from you as well. Congratulations on these, these last couple of months and looking forward to 2019. I know you got a secret project that, <laughs> that you've been teasing a lot, so we're looking forward to that and the children's poem book. There just seems like there's a ton of stuff going on with you. Yeah, I love to work. I hate to not be creating things all the time. Yeah, this children's book is crazy. In Mar on March 5th, it's going to come out, and it's these real kind of subversive, Shel Silverstein-ish kind of kids' poems. But Little Brown is putting it out, and they're acting like it's a big, real book. So we'll see. <laughs> my my kids are funny. They're like, oh, Dad, maybe you're going to finally make some money. <laughs> I'm like, <"You> jerks. <laughs> With Rhett Miller, you want to do a couple more songs before you get out of here? Sure. I, uh, I'll do one more off the solo record, and then I will close with a happy holiday song for y'all. This one is called Total Disaster, though. 